Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. Indeed you are. And I am Brenda Bryan. My lovely partner in crime. Yes. All right. So. Let's get up to some crime today. uh, Let's do it. You know, I want you to take point because this one was your idea. Okay. So we had been talking about, we've had a couple questions from people saying, can I GC my own project? And GC meaning be general contractor. General contractor, right. Can't can't talk in shorthand. Oh God. You're usually the one who does that. Okay, well, then that's the wrong of me. Yes, exactly. Then you got to catch me on that. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> people have asked, can I general contract my own project? Which basically means I'm going to hire all the subcontract trades and organize them and get this project done at very low cost because I'm on a tight budget or I just really like saving money and I'm super duper smart and I think I can do everything. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I'm not well, sure I'm, I'm not saying. sure everyone the general contractor's project has that exact same perspective, but no, okay. but a lot of them think, how hard could it be? Right. I can do it. So right. this is not a this episode is not to talk you out of that. We just want to make sure if you go into it that you go into it with your eyes wide open and you understand the tasks that are ahead of you, what's going to fall to you versus what's going to fall to subcontractors. Right. And so that you have the best experience you possibly can with the least amount of frustration. Now, w- w- there's also another component to this that that I think we're, your intention is to use our current project yes. to illustrate this, right? Right. Okay. So Brent and I have a project going on. We almost always have some kind of project going on in some capacity. Um, it, it, but in this particular case, it's and a fairly- I, And I want to point this out, that mostly the projects are going on um, m- most of the time because Dave just can't sit still. I'm not really good at that. You're not good at that. So there's no. always some kind of project. There's either some kind of furniture building or something like toying with a boat or like there's always something going on. Because he just doesn't know what to do with himself otherwise, which means that if he retires, this has to continue or I will kill well, him. And it's mostly I don't know what to do with my hands, right? And yeah. so keeping my hands busy is really is actually important. Better, it's better for you. <laughs> it's really important right? to me. Because then bad things happen. It, it, very bad. Right. So um, so in, in this case, we're going to talk about this project where we are also self-performing a significant amount of work. So you can be right. a general contractor and not self-perform anything, right. depending on your skill level. Or you can be a general contractor where you self-perform some of the work. Maybe you self-perform the demo or the framing or whatever, right? So right. so it's important to distinguish, I think, that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, so go ahead. Start, start however you were thinking about going on this. Okay. So anyway, we're working on our primary bathroom and bedroom, the, the room that we sleep in and the bathroom we use because when we uh, designed this room, we, we built our house over 20 years ago. And I was 
very pregnant with our second child and um, and had a less than two-year-old. And I made some design mistakes. I so to be just honest. to be clear, is there partially pregnant? I said very pregnant. I know. I'm just I want to. Is there is there like a rheostat? The, is there a scale? The volume of my belly was quite large. <laughs> was it? Okay. It, right. was, it was all the way up to 11. All right. <laughs> and um, so I. <laughs> that was a Spinal Tap reference in case yeah, anybody didn't get sorry. that. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so anyway, there were some mistakes made, and our master closet, our primary closet, was always just undersized, and it was frustrating. And it was weird. Heck. It was a weird, it was weird shape. It was like you know, just yeah. It was it was tight. And it was small. And my husband is easy a now. Easy no, now. I'm going. Is a clothes horse. I don't think that's you, fair. And he has difficulty purging things that he doesn't use. You Listen, know? Melda Marcos. We were just talking about Yankee yards. He's got a Yankee closet. Oh he just God. cannot get rid of anything. Oh my God! Don't. Shoes are my only vice. <laughs> you <laughs> have so many vices. It's unbelievable. In that's terms completely of, like, untrue. Keep going. You're off topic. I, yeah, maybe. People do not need a, a, so like don't, a, a don't, view don't into call our me a tawdry. Uh, lives here go <laughs> anyway so the closet was wrong and so really this whole project was about getting us a different decent closet it was the bathroom wasn't bad but the closet eh. was terrible well but in the bathroom we had a, a whirlpool tub in there yep that actually worked well in the design and it was great when the kids were little but we never use it beyond that right because we have a hot tub all right we have a hot tub outside so, we use that all the time right so we never use the whirlpool so it takes up and keep in mind it's like a six foot by four foot space so there's 24 square feet of real estate that's taken up in the bathroom that we never use had zero value yeah so the kids bathed in it we never used it um and once they got too big to bathe in a like you know once they were taking showers just before they went to college right <laughs> <laughs> um then we didn't we didn't use it anymore so it's been years and years so we said, okay, we're going to reclaim that space. We're going to give that over to the closet. Um, we're going to have to sort of move around the footprint to make it work. Um, let's, be, let's be clear. You made me move every freaking wall in the whole place. That's not true. There was just about no wall we didn't move. Oh, pshaw. I'm not complaining because I love the layout now. But we moved about every single wall, right? And you may, like listeners may wonder. I'm okay, shaking so, my head. You cannot see this, but I'm like, oh. <laughs> But listeners also may wonder. Such a drama queen. So we've got this construction company. Um, what are we doing doing the work, right? Yeah, that is an excellent question. Right, and so two things. Number one, we like doing the work, right? Not uh, do, do you love the demo? You don't love the demo, uh, do, right? Would I have been happy to have it totally done for me? Yes. <laughs> so I tolerate the work the because problem it gets is, me to the end result that I want. Right, but the problem is our company is very busy and we have clients that are on a waiting list that are being patient for us to come in and do projects for them, and I'm very grateful for that. And I feel like it's completely unfair for us mm -hmm. to then pull one of our talented carpenters off a project to run one of our projects. Right. We're on our own personal projects. It's just not, it feels wrong to do that. Right, especially right? when we have the skills to do it. Right, especially when we've got the skill set and, and it keeps my hands busy. Plus which we're is wicked good. cheap, you know. Right. So, you know, we can do it less for ourselves than, than right. if we hire our people to do it. So right. we're like, yeah, okay, so we're going to do it. Right. So we launched into it, but anyway, now, 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 where do you want to go with that? So, obviously, we're GCing it, and there are parts of the project that we did ourselves. So let's think about, let's just break this down and think about all the different parts of a project and what you need to coordinate. What what kind of labor is involved? So, David. Yeah. Well, so in the very beginning, the first thing we're doing is designing, and then developing a design that's going to be adequate to permit the project, mm -hmm. right? So that's the first getting compliance with the town because whether you're general contracting it or not, you still need to be compliant with the local town code, local building codes and town. So in this particular, and, and most towns give you the option 
to actually be your own general contractor and you can pull without a perm- without a contractor. No town loves that, mm-hmm. right? It, depending on where you live, I shouldn't say that. In Massachusetts, they really prefer everybody use licensed contractors, yeah. right? In New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah, no, so live Hampshire, free or die right. state. Right. Or live free or screw up your own house state. Right. They but, don't care. But the reality is, you know, the building inspector's job is not, that their job is to enforce the code. It's not to teach people how to remodel their homes. Right. And so uh, sometimes they get kind of pulled into that scenario when they're working with homeowner. homeowners that are being their own general like, contractor. Because they're like, do you know right? what you're doing? Right. And so they, they show up for an inspection and all the things that needed to get done for that inspection aren't done and the client, the homeowner doesn't know. So this is another thing for you, for listeners to be mindful of is that there are a lot of nuances to the construction business that are not spelled out readily mm-hmm. and you discover the hard way, quite honestly. Right. right? And so first thing for, for our perspective is code compliance and working with muni- the municipality um, so uh, I'm a licensed guy, Brenda did the design, she's the brilliant designer, and then I went and got the permit taken care of, um, and that's if, all good. If your town is friendly, too, about this, the building department, you can actually go in before you do your project and say, what things do I need to be especially right. mindful of? Right, And so by the way, the building inspector will yeah. sit down and help you figure out the stuff that is going to be right. trip you up. The good building inspectors will do that, and in fact, appreciate that, because nobody likes to be a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody likes to have to walk into a job site and then, you know, chastise you for doing something wrong. So if, if you, if you, you know, acknowledge the fact you don't have all the answers and they give them an opportunity to help educate you, that often works out well. Yeah, bring cookies. <laughs> just saying, right. you know, if you butter up the staff, they'll be right. nicer to you there when you they go. come out. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't hurt. I'm just saying, get more. Right. And catch we li- more flies with honey than vinegar. Right. And we live in a town with a good building department that really um, uh, is out to do the right thing, right, mm-hmm. and to help. So that works out nicely. So we started that part of it. Uh, but then there's there's even just basic logistics of, okay, what are we doing with the debris, right? We were going to generate a lot of debris. Yep. So in our case, it, it merited a dumpster, mm-hmm. right? So getting a dumpster on site, being mindful of how the dumpster gets set up. So that's where, if it's on the driveway, in our case, it didn't have to be. Uh, but if it's on the driveway, the dr- it's not doing damage to the driveway because almost every dumpster will do damage even to older driveways mm-hmm. because the point load under the wheels becomes so great, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to put things under the wheels to distribute the load, make it more comfortable. But in our case, it's a second floor project. We're able to line the dumpster up um, within the proximity of a second floor window so I could just build a chute and we could shoot our debris out the window. Yep. And our kids? Shoot our kids out the window. I think it's a great idea. I don't think we did that. Oh, well, we've got to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting to that. Okay. When they get sassy, yeah, exactly. out the window they go. Yeah. Right. Dumb it's actually shoot. great. If you actually get a big enough dumpster for the project, and they come in different sizes, and you're going to have to think about, like, how much debris am I really going to get rid of? But the nice thing about having a dumpster is all those things that you've just been sitting around waiting to take the dump at the very end of the project, right. you can toss them in the dumpster. Yeah. It's but by the nice way, d- today, um, dumpster, getting rid of debris is not easy anymore. D- debris is it's expensive. Dumpsters are expensive. When you're shopping for your dumpster, be mindful not only of the size, but also of the amount of tonnage that comes with it. And then think through, what am I, what am I doing demolition on? Is it is it... You know, if I'm doing demolition on heavyweight stuff, I'm going to build up the tonnage pretty quickly. If I'm not, you know, if I'm throwing carpets in there, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So be be mindful of that. And then most dumpster companies will actually not only charge a flat fee that includes the dumpster and the tonnage, but they'll also charge you a rental fee when it's on site longer. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's another thing to be to, to think about. And, you know, uh, one of our project managers uses this term dumpster management, that we practice dumpster management. And that's actually a thing because because dumpsters are expensive. If you don't pack them efficiently you will blow through the dumpster space 
and then need another. Mm-hmm. And it may not have been because of weight. It may have been just because you didn't manage the dumpster well. Right. Right. So a little general contractor stuff. Yeah. So that's why I said when you get to the end of the project, you can right. throw your extraneous right. stuff in if there's still room left in the dumpster. You cannot do it early. No. No. Right. Okay. Okay. Then moving on, demolition. Well, yep, demolition, but first, uh, before demolition, dust protection, yes. Oh, thank you. Right? Sorry. So, no, it's fine. But, but again, you know, people that you get excited about, you know, just kind of going for it, and then you end get up trashing. the sledgehammers right. and all the fun begins. And then you end up trashing the house, right? Um, so being mindful of how to, what you can do to manage con- and control the dust and control the path of, of travel for the air and how that all works. And can you create a negative air pressure negative in the house? Air pressure, right? right. So protecting the floor if it's relevant, protecting, cordoning off the area that you're working in to minimize the migration of the dust. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we have, for our company, we actually have a, a, a machine that cleans the air and blows dust out the window. Um, we th- That's a great thing to do. Most average homeowners doing their own general contracting won't have that. But you can put a cheapo box fan in the window from, mm-hmm. from Walmart mm-hmm. and create that negative Face air pressure. Face it out. <laughs> so sorry about this that. This is a key. Yeah. You do not face it in. You turn it around, right. and, it's, and it sucks air from within the room and pushes it outside. Right, and it's not yeah, and not just from in the room, but it's actually in a perfect world. You're sucking air from all of the parts of the house right. and going out that way. So that means that the dust, the dust is never backtracking, migrate, right? right? Exactly. So it, you know, and it's not perfect. Obviously, the dust does move around and 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 get there, but. It's, it's super helpful and makes the quality of living through the experience better, right? right? And then personal protection, also important. Dust masks, you yep. know, all that kind Fire of stuff. Protection. Right, exactly. Yep. Hearing protection yep. if you're making a lot of noise. So we're going to take a sec here to talk about our sponsor, Renofi.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. And they offer financing or the means to access financing for people who want to renovate their home. And they work with credit unions uh, throughout the country. Um, but they offer assistance with helping you figure out how much you might need, how much you can borrow based on your current equity in your home. And the beauty of working with Renify is that they look at the value of your home after you do the renovation, not before. So you can increase the equity that you have in your home based on the finished value of what you're doing with it. So that is a great opportunity. They have people to help you out with this process. doesn't cost you anything to reach out to them. So jump on their website and see what they can do for you. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. So what comes next? If we launch in a demo? Yes. And then? Hey, this is not... I'm... You're quizzing me now. Well, so yeah, I was this, done at design. This, <laughs> so this was except your... I, I told you I was like I'm I'm the I'm the extra set of hands, but fairly useless ones. No, that's fine. No, a that's not true. You're super useful, and uh, and b you add a lot of value to the process. Thank but um, I can lug concrete but the, like the, the, the other thing to think about is uh, is making the space safe. Right. So anybody effectively can do demolition, tear things apart, and so forth. However. When we're tearing things apart, we have to be super careful about what's going on behind the walls that we can't see. So what's behind the walls? Electrical plumbing, and plumbing electrical, right. right? So before we get too far down the demolition road, uh, we need to be, A, careful about the demo we're doing, and B, 
we need to have electricians and plumbers in to make the space safe, mm -hmm. right? So the last thing you want to be doing is going to town and then clipping a pipe with a sledgehammer uh, because it is stunning the amount of water that can come out of a half-inch copper line, mm. right, before you can figure out how to shut it off, right? Yeah, um, yeah and, and say it takes you five minutes to find the shutoff. Right. You got a... you got a big problem. Right. And if it's a second-floor project, now you got a first-floor project, mm. right? Because you've now, <laughs> now you've trashed the ceiling on the first floor in this whole process. You right? know what? This podcast wasn't really meant to, like, scare people. In, but, like, as we go further into it, I'm like, most people are like, yeah, I'm not juicy. No, 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 that's not true. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you know, you want an omelet, you got to break some eggs. It's going to happen, <laughs> right? But, but I, I think it's fine. So... So anyway, those things, having your electrician and your plumber coming in, making the space safe, that's usually sort of a two-step process, right? So there's there's making it safe, and then once you're done with your demo and maybe done with your reframing of the project, in our, in our case, right? So we've got a lot of reframing we did, yep. and that merited moving all the electrical and, and getting a bunch of electrical out of the way. And, and then, all the plumbing. And then all the plumbing, getting that out of the way. Or cutting and capping stuff we weren't going to use anymore, mm -hmm. um, and and some of that had to get done to make room for the new design, and some of that had to get done because it was going to be used in the new design, right? right? So sometimes you might have that happen in two stages, right? So your electrician may have to come in, get stuff out of your way, and then leave while you do your framing. Mm -hmm. Same thing is true of plumbing, mm -hmm. um, and then once your framing is done, those trades can roll back in mm -hmm. and do their rough in what's called rough in work. Um, and, and now at that stage, we take a break, right? We take a break for a minute because we're going to need inspections, mm -hmm. right? So we need in our case, in, in our project, a plumbing inspection and an electrical inspection and insulation inspection, and, insulation inspection, uh, and a framing inspection, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily in that order, mm -hmm. but, um, the, uh, th so those inspections get taken care of. And then once those are taken care of, now you're moving into, uh, drywall, mm -hmm. right? So insulation drywall. Uh, and uh, and this is a, this is an area where there are a lot of homeowners that can do that work themselves. Mm -hmm. However, and I would actually not discourage a homeowner from hanging their own drywall if they know if they have a clue if they right. know what they're doing right? right. And what I mean by that is you need to understand the nuances of how you get drywall to go on the wall properly and how you get the fasteners in the wall right. Because mm -hmm. if you look at it like what's what's so hard about it? I'm just going to screw it to the wall. That's not good. YouTube. Right? Right, By the exactly. Way, like if you don't, if you're not entirely sure or you did it a long time ago and you don't remember, there's lots of YouTube videos of how to install right. drywall correctly. So just watch a few. Right, exactly. And, and however, the one area where I would probably discourage uh, homeowners who's general contracting is the mud and tape side of it. Yeah. Right. So the mud and tape is... It's is, an art form. It is. And especially if you choose, let's say you chose to do plaster, which is instead of using drywall, they use a product called Blueboard, which mm -hmm. is like drywall, but with blue paper on it instead. Mm -hmm. Then... Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't know anyone who hasn't done plaster for a living that would actually take on plaster as a homeowner. That, mm -hmm. that that's a very demanding, very high skill job that that needs to be done precisely, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and it's a it's and there's a timing involved too, right? Because the right. plaster sets up, so you got to right. work in a very short order. So absolutely. Yeah. Hire a professional for plaster. Right. Definitely hire a professional for your taping as well. Well, unless, you say definitely unless you're... Okay. If you're really good at it, that's right. one thing. But, right. you know. But Because that's also one of those areas, and this is something as a general contractor you're going to face all the time. Where is my time valuable versus just paying for it, right? Mm -hmm. And most people who are not regular at doing mud and tape work, maybe some people can develop the skill to get it to be adequate or even good, but they will have taken three times as long mm -hmm. as a professional taper to get the job done. And that's and, a messy part of the job. It's right. super dusty. And is, and is your time better spent on another part of the project? Right. You know, so I, you know, when we had somebody tape, you know, sheetrock or hanging and taping in our house, 
I could be in my workshop building the next thing, right? right? Building the countertop or building the door, whatever I was doing, right? So keep in mind, and we talked about this, is like, do you have, can you do the work yourselves? Can you hire people? There, you can hire people to do your demo. You can hire people to do the framing. You can hire people to do um, the sheetrock and the taping. You don't have to do all of these things, but you do know how, you do need to know how it all fits together, in what order it needs to go, and you have to coordinate the timing with each one of these subcontractors, which is where the difficulty comes in. Absolutely right. And and the more, the more trades you have involved, in all those different functions, the more work there is to coordination, right? right? So, so like you said, you can positively sub the demo. There are companies that do nothing but demo, and mm-hmm. they're actually pretty proficient at it. Mm-hmm. They're and, and that's a good way to go. But you know, then you got another framer, and if you're doing a small project like ours is a mid-sized project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to find a framer who wants to come in and monkey around with just a little bit of framing work, mm-hmm. right? It's not easy to find that. So, you know, um, f- figuring out the scope and how you, how, however, could you find somebody who's a smaller contractor who would actually do the demo and the framing and, and the, the finish work? Carpentry. Maybe, right? sure. Yeah. Then, then it's a more meaningful contract for somebody and you're probably more likely to attract a, a person to pull that in. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So in conjunction with all this, while we're going through all the trades and stuff, we're also having lots of products we have to source, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you can talk about that. So in a bathroom, for instance, vanities, sinks, countertops, faucetry, the stuff in your shower, shower heads, shower valves, shower um, valve trims, seats, tile, all that stuff. There's a ton. There's a ton of product to source, and it's a lot of details. Um, And you do need to know how it all fits together. Um, So that is where I would probably say work with a... You know, if you can work with a home center, for instance, my daughter is now um, a kitchen and bath designer uh, at a home center um, on Martha's Vineyard, and she sells tile and cabinetry and countertops, and she does all those things, and she can help you figure out what you need and just sell you the product. So I would probably say find a professional that works with all those products and buy from one source because they'll do a much better job of coordinating everything and thinking about how one piece of material fits with another piece you know material and um and as opposed to going to buy tile one place and buying your cabinetry someplace else and going to a third you're you're probably going to have a better experience if you try to coordinate those things and and we're also talking about 2022 um where we still have supply chain problems yeah and so getting ahead of stuff when Mm -hmm. you when you find the stuff you want snag it and stockpile it yeah right um, because uh, you know it's those it's those little subtle delays and and you know we so one of the companies we own is a flooring and tile company and the amount of back orders that are happening in the tile business and this is I, I kind of got this illusion like oh we're getting to the end and things are getting better and uh, we're now seeing more tile back orders than we ever saw during mm-hmm. the uh, during what I would refer to sort of as the peak of the pandemic mm-hmm. right um, and so that's that's really crippling to your project if you've got a somebody coming in if you've got a tile contractor coming in to install for you and you're missing critical pieces mm-hmm. you're you're kind of dead in the water right right so anything else on the material side uh well you know flooring obviously there's yep. going to be carpeting in some places again you know if you're working with a home center that has access to all those materials and you can kind of coordinate um that part of it right. that's not a, a bad idea but you're also going to have to hire a flooring contractor somebody to do the installation of those flooring products unless you know you have certain skills if you want to do your own tiling if you want to do your own wood floor project uh, products um i really recommend hiring a good tiler 
because mm -hmm. I think the difference, I mean, if you, if you're doing a backsplash or you're doing something simple, you know, in your kitchen, or whatever, a basic or a basic floor, right? All these things are doable for a homeowner. Uh, showers are tough. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of details and there's a lot of ways for it to go wrong just in terms of the, the substrate that you put underneath it and leaks to right. happen. So I really think it's good to hire a professional because what you don't want to have happen is not prepared the surface properly and all of a sudden you have a long-term leak that's causing rot downstairs. Right. It's so true. And when, yeah, and when when a custom shower does go wrong, it's never good. No. It, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it's very invasive to repair. It's very invasive to source the problem and mm -hmm. to fix. So investing that money and bringing in the professional there mm -hmm. makes a ton of sense. Yep. Right? It's not like it can't be done. We actually had a past client who did a custom shower for their parents, and they did an awesome job, but he's a pretty smart guy, right. and he spent a lot of time and energy investing in how do I get this right, right? right? And again, YouTube is your friend. Right. Like, like, you can teach yourself all these skills. It's definitely doable. It's just how much time and effort do you want to put into it, and you, know, you need to be very thoughtful about, okay, what's the worst case scenario if I screw this up? Right. Right? Right. It's, it's not so bad with the floor. In the shower, it could be really expensive. Now, the one the one overarching thing I want to encourage all of our listeners to think about if you if you if you're opting to kind of go for it and do the DIY thing or do the general contractor slash DIY thing, um, the folks you're bringing into your home, take the extra couple of minutes and request from them a certificate of insurance. Right. So this this topic has been brought up in other in other shows we've done about the things you should really think about when hiring a GC. Now you're the GC in this scenario. However. That does not preclude you from also making sure that the other people coming into your home have the proper insurance because you don't, right? right. So, so you as a homeowner are not empowered to be a GC from an insurance perspective, mm -hmm. right? So what I mean by that is your electrician comes in, he makes a mistake, uh, and over the weekend while you're away, his mistake uh, created a heat and, uh, and some kind of spark and arced and caught fire and the house burned down, mm -hmm. Right. His general liability insurance, his general liability insurance Should will cover, cover that. that, not yours, mm. right? Um, and uh, and to the extent that they have it, so that's a very reasonable thing. It, by the way, costs them nothing. They, if you request that, they can have their insurance agent send you a certificate of insurance with you named as an additional and as additional insured with your property, right? So that's it. Right. You want to have that action. You want to have that happen. And so, so those folks that you're going to be engaging and bringing into your home. It's just smart to have that extra little detail in there. Very few people do it, but there are enough horror stories out there mm -hmm. when something goes wrong mm -hmm. that it's a good way to cover yourself, right? So that's 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 like sort of an overarching comment. But in general, you know, I think thinking through the logical steps, trying to educate yourself as best you can, mm -hmm. right? And um, and then also like so you obviously in in our situation you carry the front end of the design, get that squared away, and create the vision for the space. Right. I you know I can't. I cannot emphasize enough for listeners how crucial that is. Yeah. Right. Getting the design down up front. Do not renovate on the and design on the fly. No. That's if it's there's really anything you take away from this, it's you know don't ready fire aim right. remodeling. You, yes, it'll cost you more, and ultimately you will not get the project yeah. at it'll, the end that it, you're happy yeah. with. It'll cost you more. It'll cause more angst between you and your partner. Mm -hmm. It'll do all kinds of bad things. Um, that uh, that don't yield to a good outcome and actually don't maybe in some cases even add value to your home, right? right? Yeah, so, maybe. We call it remodeling. Right. 
Right. There are so many examples of remodeling right. out there where, where, where people just think, oh, this is a good idea, and it's yeah. terrible, and it, and it ruins their, their home's value. Right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Right? So anyway, so hopefully that, uh, that little insight into sort of our project, and uh, we're at the moment as we speak, we are just about to start tiling. We're super excited about super tiling. Super excited. Right? So that's been, uh, been waiting that for a while because... I'm only getting this stuff done on, on the, the weekends. weekends. Brian, you've been, you've been actually doing stuff during the week, which has been awesome. I have. Um, but yeah, and, and we've also made a choice to put a lot of highly custom details in there and mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff that I have fun doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of that stuff just takes time. But uh, the next big visual pop is going to be the tile. So excited about that. I am super. Right? So yeah. anyway, you have been listening to another edition of Renov- Renovation Made Right, and we're very appreciative for the fact that you are listening. So yes, thank you. Thank you. And I am Dave Bryan. And I am Brenda Bryan. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to renofi.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review. 